it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're with you until 6 o'clock this evening. We do have the phone lines open, 356 9397 is the number if you'd like to join us. We will have an open line as we move along. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, and yours truly, Steve Kelly, in the uh, DWS studios until 6. Bob Osmussen is on the phone. We'll hear from Bob coming up. And our first guest is on the phone tonight as well. Malcolm Hill is with us from Columbus, Ohio. Malcolm former Illinois basketball player, third leading uh, scorer in Illinois basketball history and on the House of Pain team that opened with a victory in Columbus in the basketball tournament on Saturday night. Malcolm, how you doing? How are you getting along today? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're doing good. Uh, are you getting bored over there at all? <laughs> you're kind, you're kind of uh, holed up there in the in the gym and or the hotel complex, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not bored at all. I'm enjoying myself a lot. <laughs> Talk about uh, that game the other night. Uh, you guys came out, and uh, I realize you've only been together five or six days, uh, at least at that time, uh, practice-wise, but uh, you guys had the, the look of a team. It didn't look like an all-star team like some of those do. Yeah, um, we had the um, benefit, again, to know each other before we um, got and met each other in person, of course. And I think um, Tools, he did a great job just from the start from recruiting me to the team to telling me who's going to be on the team. And then just the guys, the personnel that's on this team, it just makes it e- really easy to get to get to play with them because the off-the-court characteristics, I mean, it's just, I just have a lot of fun hanging out with them, especially in quarantine. So, I mean, it's, it's been great. Like you said, I mean, I felt it. It feels like a team. It feels like we've been together for a long time, and it's only been like four or five days, so... I think the most encouraging thing about it is we have a lot of room to improve. So um, that's what we're going to do. Like today, we had a great practice. We have a couple more days to get better before our next game. Well, Malcolm, I'm curious, you know, besides you know, practice, what are you guys doing to, to fill your time since you can't leave uh, you know, that, that quarantine bubble? Yeah, well, just speaking on my personal experience, um, what I do is um, – I enjoy reading books on my free time. Um, you can never learn enough. And if I'm not reading, I'm probably hanging out in the team lounge with a lot of the teammates, watching movies, hanging out, talking, and getting to know one each other, You know, seeing how we were doing in previous seasons, the experiences in different places that everybody's been at. So it's been fun, honestly. Of course, you know, being outside would be nice, but I don't really try to focus on the negative. I just try to make the most out of the opportunity I have. And the opportunity is, I get to hang around the guys that I haven't hung around like this since college days. And then also getting the chance to know new people. So, I mean, I think the new guys, the, we call them the stepchildren of the Illinois <laughs> team. Uh, we call them the stepchildren. Uh, I think 
you know, I've built just from the past few days, I can already tell, like, this is long-lasting friendships with them. So what's been the, the go-to movies in quarantine? You know what? That, that um, thing's been the, the host of that. I haven't even, I don't, sometimes I don't even know the titles of the movies he's watching. Um, he, he has, uh, he's the movie guy. So I think the mo- the one we watched today was The Town. I've never seen that before. Great movie. But, um, yeah, we watched a lot of shows. Uh, Waco was a show we saw uh, the other day. Um, I, this is the stuff on top of my head. This is stuff we're watching every day. And more to it than just watching the movies. <laughs> like, we, in between movies, we're talking about stuff. We've been having to pause movie stuff like that. I mean, we've been making the most out of our time, for sure. Malcolm, what was it like for you on Saturday night right after the game got over? Because it was, obviously, a unique environment that you played in on Saturday night. And I'm sure after the game was unlike anything you've ever really experienced too, just in, in your playing career. Talk us through, I guess, what you went through Saturday night after the game and to get ready for, uh, you know, these next couple of days out in Columbus. Um, after Saturday, we, we enjoyed the, the, the win Saturday, but the very next day, Sunday, we, cause we know what we're here to do. We know the end goal, you know, we just didn't come here to get one win. So it was great that we were able to put, put together you know our pieces and like i said before we made a lot of mistakes which is very encouraging um because that just shows the potential we have with the team so it was really fun playing saturday before saturday i was enjoying myself off the court which was making it fun off on the court and it's it's been a blast talking to malcolm hill i had to do a double take when i first saw you (laughs) they say you lost 30 pounds tell me about that uh the, the plan that you did that, and uh, you you look completely different. Oh, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, well, when I came back home, I kind of just put basketball aside. And I I just wanted to make myself very uncomfortable and challenge myself in ways I've never done before. So I went vegan. Um, I practiced I practiced fasting a little bit, and that was great for me. It's just making myself very uncomfortable to the point where I'm comfortable being uncomfortable because growth happens when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations so but that first month when i was home coming back from kazakhstan you know i learned to love life outside of basketball to the point where when i started working out again like it just made basketball that much more fun for me and it just gave me a whole new drive and motivation bob osmussen with us as well bob you got a comment or question for malcolm hill yeah, I want to. I agree. You're, it looks skinny, but it looks great. Uh, you guys look like you're having a great time out there on the court. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's from being together all the time. Or, tell me, tell me about that because it was clearly you guys were like not guys that look like you guys have been together forever. Actually, yeah, I think that just came to you know we just put we got a group of guys that have very good personalities to where we understand that. In order for us to maximize our potential individually, we have to learn how to come together as a unit and have the same goal, the same mindset that, you know, we're here to win and we're willing to do whatever it takes. We're willing to make every sacrifice. And we all think like that. Like we all got lost in just trying to make each other better, which turns out it helped rise our game. You know, there's no pressure from any one of us to perform, you know, is just natural and flowing. You know, we don't we don't care who gets the spotlight or who gets the credit, any of that. The main thing we want to do is, you know, our main goal is, you know, to win the TBT, and 
in order to do that, we have to find out ways each and every day on and off the court how we can get better as a unit. And I think we've been doing a great job of that. Malcolm, you guys play again on Wednesday. Yeah, you've got Carmen's crew, you know, the defending champs. I mean, do you see that as a challenge? Are you embracing the fact that you're going to you know, take on the champs on Wednesday? Um, honestly, I re- we respect every opponent we come across. Uh, I can only talk from personal experience. Like I said, I don't really pay attention to the headlines like that. I didn't even realize they were the defending champs until about a couple of days ago. I mean, it, I guess it's, it's a great and unique opportunity, but, you know, I'm – I'm only I'm taking this like I took the game Saturday, very focused, come in prepared, make sure we know the personnel and make sure we follow accordingly to our game plan. I don't like I'm not even on social media that much anymore, so we understand that they have a lot of talented pieces and right now our main focus is, you know, how can we defend to the best of our ability. Malcolm, how often are you you uh, and, and your teammates as well just getting tested uh, for COVID nineteen and and what was that process like for you? <laughs> Maybe the first time you went through it out in Columbus. Yeah, so the process started before we even got here. We took three tests at home tests before we even got up here, and so when we arrived at the hotel, um, they had a mask, gloves ready for us. They even have tissue for us for when we press the the buttons on the elevator mm-hmm. you know they've been taking this procedure very serious so when we took the test when we first got here they made us quarantine for 24 hours until we got our results back we couldn't even leave our hotel rooms and talk to each other you know so and then once we got those results back um we were able to practice and we got tested almost every day like five days in a row mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's they've been taking serious precaution to making sure that we are in the safest environment as possible in order to play these games. And I think it's great that the TBT is taking these extreme measures because I think other professional sports are following and seeing, you know, the success. I think about a couple of days ago, we had nobody test negative. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like that for the rest of the way. Because um, just with, with our team, we're just making sure, because we understand if we follow the exact guideline to do it and they, we do what they tell us to do, in order to make sure we keep getting negative tests after negative tests, I think we're perfectly fine. You're uh, you're close friends with Michael Finke and, and have been since you guys were teammates at Illinois. <laughs> yeah. When when you when you met Mike Dom or you know were around him out in Columbus, were you surprised that he almost looked like an identical twin to Michael Finke at all? Yeah, I call him Eminem. Mike, <laughs> Mike. That's what I've been calling him ever since I seen him. And then they had the headband too when they played. I'm like, yo, y'all are really like twins. When I'm in, whenever I see one of them in my one of them in my peripheral vision, like sometimes I have a hard time like noticing like who who, <laughs> who which mic it is. So I have to like look directly. Okay, that that's Dom. Okay, that's Dink. <laughs> well, what's it been like just getting to know and, and play with Mike Dom? Obviously, he had a great game for you guys on on Saturday night with 21 points and, and 13 rebounds. Man, he's he's awesome, man. Because he he doesn't care about any of his individual accolades at all. And, I, you know, it's awesome to see him play that well, especially being with this group for the first time. Because, I mean, who knows what he could have expected. And I'm just happy that he was able to be a part of a team where we just accepted him. And we told him, like we told everybody else on the team, we want we want everybody to be able to play to the best of their ability being on this team and being in this system. And as you, he's really talented. We knew that coming in. And, you know, he just showed that. Saturday so it's it's been really awesome having not only him but just being everybody everybody on the team and staff like we're just all bought in 
another minute or two with Malcolm Hill. So after this tournament, which you hope uh, lasts another 10 days or so for you guys, what uh, what's in your future? What What's it look like coming up next season, whenever that is? Um, I, mean, I can't really get into those talks specifically. That's something you would have to ask my agent. And, you know, right now my agent's really been handling that. He's done a great job just making sure that I stay focused with this TBT tournament. I haven't been thinking about next season at all. Um, like I said, all I've been worried about is this next game coming up. Malcolm, what's it been like uh, for you? Obviously, you knew Mike Latulip from your, your career at Illinois, but uh, what's it been like to see him as a coach, and, and how has he just kind of helped this team move along in, the, in this process at all? I think the best thing that he's done for us is he's made it very structured, but at the same time, it's an open forum. So he gives us structure. He lays out you know, what he wants us to do, and at the same time, we can all put our opinions in, and he respects it. He listens to it, and... I mean, even he's just supportive. Like I said, he there's no negativity at all anywhere going on. Like no, like just no shakiness. Even when someone makes a mistake, he's like, "You're on the team for a reason." Like it's okay. Like it's he's been great, honestly, and just the time and effort that he's put in just to get all this started. Like he called me in December, talking about being in the TBT, mm-hmm. and you know he kept reassuring, just kept asking, kept asking until I, you know, say I officially committed. And then even after I committed, he was steady talking to me, just, you know, making sure that just me personally that, you know, I'm I'm comfortable in this situation and able to play to the best of my ability. And I think the great thing that me and him has done is um, I've been talking to him, just making sure if they're making sure how to get everybody in the how to get everybody in the position to play to the best of their ability as well. I'll so tell you I what, there were, doing great there, job. there were a lot of fans, uh, Malcolm Hill, that there were Happy to see some live sports on TV. A lot of Illini fans uh, pulling for you guys, and uh, I'm sure you kind of felt that, even though there weren't any fans there at the arena. But uh, I'm sure you've read on uh, social media that a lot of folks were keeping an eye on this tournament and uh, your your game and your schedule. Yeah, it's been um, it's a blessing to be able to not only um, play basketball, but um, to be the only sport going on and just to represent the Orange Group orange and blue proud especially the way they did especially the way we did considering the fact that a lot of these illinois fans they haven't seen us play since our college days it's almost like a time skip right (laughs) (laughs) honestly yeah and to 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 be able to show that we still play with that toughness and and togetherness i mean it's it's a blessing to be be a part of this opportunity Malcolm, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be watching Wednesday afternoon, 3 o'clock champagne time, for your your game against uh, Carmen's crew, which has a lot of uh, former Ohio State guys on the team there. But best of luck, and thanks for taking time to visit with us. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thanks, Malcolm. Stay safe. Thank you, Malcolm. Yep, you too. Thank you. Yep. Malcolm Hill, everybody, with us here on the show, Monday Night Sports Talk. It is 525. We'll take our first time out. We'll uh, catch up with some of the news of the day. You're welcome to join us as well. 356-9397 is the number here on DWS. Moving up on 528, this is Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Thanks to Malcolm Hill for spending some time with us. Again, uh, the House of Pain plays again Wednesday afternoon over in Columbus. Is that uh, Scott, is that a benefit of winning the thing last year? You get to have uh, host the tournament at... <laughs> in your hometown or is that just kind of the way things worked out with the pandemic and everything well it was uh 
I guess it was scheduled to to be like that originally. Or no, the championship game was supposed to be in Dayton. There's regional okay. sites when they. Because I think the championship game last year was in Chicago, Chicago yeah. at when, Wintrust. When they shrank the field to 24 and decided they were going to do this bubble thing, I think they looked at a bunch of different sites and. This turns out Columbus worked the best, but uh, I'm not sure how many of the guys actually li- those guys live in Columbus anymore. And right, there are no fans, so it's not like yeah, uh, that's right. The Ohio State crowd's going to be yeah, about you know there behind them, but uh, but even just watching it Saturday night, and I watched it briefly, and it was it was weird in the sense too that we could kind of go back to covering live sports for a little bit, and you know Scott actually had some deadline writing to do on a, a national holiday like the Fourth of July, although it was unlike any other 4th of July we've ever experienced in our lives. But just watching it briefly, uh, the setup was, wasn't bad at all. Uh, it, they did. I thought the, the uh, staging around the court was well done because you couldn't tell that there were no fans there. And even the atmosphere and, uh, you know, having the, the broadcast team to it, it, again, it was just nice, I think, to see live team sports and especially for Illinois fans to see some familiar faces out on the court. But and kudos too for the way the House of Pain played. Uh, I mean, they played the game the right way. They played fun, uh, up tempo, and, and played good defense. And it was just an all around good effort. And who knows what will happen come Wednesday afternoon? Brad Underwood's program got some uh, pretty good uh, mileage from Dan Dockage, whether you like uh, Dan or not. <laughs> yeah, well, he couldn't stop talking about how good <laughs> Illinois no. would be if Iodasumu and Kofi Coburn came back. Um, then, I mean, he had also deviated off script and just. Took the, the broadcast all kinds of different directions. We talked about his son quite a bit. I didn't understand too when they had D Brown on there on on the Zoom call for a little bit, and uh, there's a Blackhawks icon in the background with D Brown. But then Dan Dockich ended the conversation by singing yeah. "Go Cubs Go." Yeah, that ruined it for when me. When D pulled <laughs> up his Illinois <laughs> exactly. face mask, I, I did ILL. Yeah, that was oh well. It, it, it made for Cardinal fans have to get over it. Just the transition. It wasn't even the Cubs factor. It was it was partially the Cubs factor it, for me. It wasn't. What'd I, you say, you know, Bob? I said you, you Cardinal fans need to get get over it. I don't think it had anything yeah. to do with us being Cardinal no, fans. No, not at all. Well, okay. I'm mm-hmm. well, it's I weird. Steve I is pressing the okay. mute button on Bob's microphone right now. For I have that control, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving the ship. Um, I don't know I'm how many. Uh, you guys are probably a lot like me in this case. I was asked probably the over-under on the number of times I was asked today is probably 10 so, is there going to be college football? <laughs> is there going to be high school football? Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine, but the IHSA did come out with schedules today, right, Matt? Yeah, it was a little uh, a little surprising. wasn't really expecting that, but yeah, the IHSA uh, released all the high school football schedules uh, for teams across the state, uh, dropped them about mid-morning or so, and in the past, uh, they've usually it's kind of deviated in in years past, but usually by the Fourth of July they're they're all out. Uh, they actually say they releases them kind of in late May or, or early June. That's kind of been the case the last few years or so, but. That seemed to be kind of an encouraging sign, uh, especially with the fact that uh, the IHSA released on Friday afternoon uh, some guidelines to move to, to stage what they're calling uh, f- what phase four or stage four phase it, one of those terminologies uh, just in the, the next way for high school athletes to, to get back in, in terms of organized workouts and summer activities that they can do to get prepped for their, their upcoming season. So I think the HSA is moving forward with the approach of that they're going to have a fall sports season. Whether that actually happens remains to be seen, just like 
we don't know if there's going to be a college football season or not or a major league baseball season there's just so many so many unknowns right now and in as the situation's evolved over these last four months we we all know that uh things can change rather quickly so just kind of stay tuned and and buckle up for the ride bob at what point do you expect to hear some kind of statement from the big 10 whether it uh, i you know, I know that maybe they don't have a lot to say right now, but we're getting into nitty-gritty time here. It's going to be mid-July here before too long, and by you know by the weekend, actually, it'll be mid-July. And when do you think you'll hear something, not necessarily a, a definitive answer on what's going to be done, but what they're thinking about in, in the planning stages? Well, I think they're getting close to that point because, like you said, it's, it's nitty-gritty time. It's, it's the sixth. Uh, games are... Games are two months away, but the, really the training camp is a month away, less than a month away. So I think you have to start thinking about getting ready, getting this thing going. And I think they're going to make hard decisions. I, I want to see what happens in the Big Ten. I want you know conferences to watch besides the Big Ten. I think SEC watch the Pac-12 to see what they do. If the Pac-12 or, or ACC start saying, "Well, we're not sure," or whatever, then I'm going to be worried. I think as long as everybody's on the same page. I, I think there was a thought at some point that the SEC might go alone, you know, do their own thing. I don't really think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be everybody. It's going to be all or nothing. I don't think there's going to be a, you know, Rutgers isn't playing, they will. I think it's going to be full conference, and I think that probably the whole of the Power Five will play together and not play. Well, who's going to who's going to make that call? I mean, the, ima- the imaginary NCAA college football commissioner yeah, that the, doesn't the exist. czar that doesn't exist. One thing. <laughs> uh, I think I think that I think that's going to be a combination of the five commissioners of the big conferences. I think they're going to be the ones, or maybe you know their ads, the, the ads and the conference commissioners, the you know the big five. I think they're going to make the call because they're going to know if it can happen or not happen. I think their their dream, their goal is to play. They have to want to play for so many reasons, for the money reason, for every reason. But I think there's also a thought that they could push this then whole whole thing back into spring. I think it'd be odd, but it might might be the only answer. So, but I think they're going to try to play. Below, watch the watch the Big Five and see what they do. Yeah, I mean there there was you know some. It was interesting this morning. Uh, you know, Rutgers announced uh, the university uh, announced this morning that they're going to basically have mainly online classes uh, for the upcoming fall semester and. Part of their uh, release indicated about athletics and said they'd follow their state guidelines and their conference guidelines as well. So that doesn't necessarily eliminate the fact that Rutgers wouldn't have a football season at all. And, and that's of local interest because that's Illinois' first scheduled road game uh, on October 3rd. You know, looking towards Illinois' schedule, the, the opener doesn't seem to be too much of a a problem from a travel standpoint and all the logistics because Illinois State, 45 minutes away, but the second week of the season presents some red flags with Connecticut supposed to come to Champaign and before the pandemic, they could probably barely afford the trip. <laughs> That's true. And then, uh, trouble. you know, trouble. again, it, it goes back to the fact there's so many, I'm sure hypothetical scenarios that athletic directors and conference commissioners have touted out there and, and their various zoom calls that they've had in these last few months. But, uh, you know, again, this goes back to a crazy idea I had a couple months ago again i don't this i do not think this will happen but to me it makes almost 
the most sense and just kind of follow the the model that Major League Baseball is trying to do where they're trying to keep everything regionalized and in, in college football at least just play the teams in your conference get rid of all the all the non-conference games for one season they'll have to work out all the details with the the money involved in the various contracts for the the guarantee games and things like that and in the case of uh the power five conferences like the big 10 just play your division foes twice a home and home series just it's going to be an unusual 2020 college football season if it happens in the calendar year 2020 anyway so just why not try to make it as safe as possible for all parties involved you need to float that idea with somebody besides us sure maybe someone's listening i love it well it just I'm, I'm again listening. like the the whole aspect of for in illinois football's instance the month of september they're going to be in champagne they're three home games and then an, all, an open week the final weekend is september then it gets a little dicey in October because they're supposed to go out to New Jersey, uh, play Rutgers on uh, October 3rd, and then come back to Champaign. And then the following week, they go out to Nebraska. The two opposite spectrums of the Big Ten they get to see in back-to-back weekends. And again, at that rate in early October, who knows what the virus's effect will be like on this country. Let's hope it's diminished a little bit, if not a lot. But there's just so many variables and so many unknowns right now that it's really hard to answer uh, these questions, even as we are in the first week of July and, and entering almost four months since, you know, the pandemic kind of brought the sports world to a halt on, on March 12th. I think the Big Ten and most conferences would want to do it conference-wise. They don't want to get into a situation where where somebody's playing and somebody else is not. Mm-hmm. And, and the best way to ensure that would be to play conference games only. Yeah, exactly, and and I know Bobby brought up the fact that the you think the SEC wouldn't go it alone. It wouldn't shock me though if the SEC decided, okay, we're going to play football, even if the rest of the power conferences decide to kind of alter their their schedule or alter their season, just because it's such a money maker for those schools down there. And the fact of the matter is, is a lot of those schools are in markets where they're the only game in town. There's no pro sports to speak of in their states, and Um, there's just, again, it goes back to the health uh, of all the players, coaches, staff members involved. That's the, the first and foremost priority. And then it goes to just, okay, can you even have a game? And I was talking to Scott about this earlier today in the office, but just watching basketball again on Saturday, watching house of pain play and some of the other games in the TBT, you know, I was curious to see what the level of play would be like, would guys be up in each other's faces, guarding them and things like that. And it would look like a normal basketball game. There wasn't any difference. And then Scott brought up a good point, though, is that they are in a bubble. They've been quarantined. They've been tested. Right. The, the health is a foremost concern before they even step out on the court there. And I don't know if that could be the case during a college football season. You don't have to ask Andres Feliz if he's going to guard somebody, do you? <laughs> no. And, I mean, that was – Maybe one of the more undersold parts of that game right. is, you know, especially his defensive effort on both uh, Bryce Brown and then Fletcher McGee. I mean, Fletcher McGee ended his college career at Wofford with the most three-pointers made in a career ever. I mean, past guys like Steph Curry. And then he shot three and missed all three uh, against House of Pain and didn't have the ball in his hands very often just because Andres Felice was uh, all over him at times. It is moving up on 540, Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk some Illinois football, another uh, recruit, another commitment for the 2021 class out of the state of Florida. Bob will tell us more about that and what he's working on football-wise as well. So stay with us. We'll take a time out. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397 
is the number on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Back after this. 543 Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels. News Gazette Sports Editor Scott Ritchie. Bob Osmussen, News Gazette Beat Writers. Phone line is open 356-9397. Major League Baseball schedules uh, officially being released as we speak. I did hear the uh, Cardinals are going to open at home against the Pirates. I haven't had a chance to look beyond that. Have you met? No, I have not. Uh, I know they're they're being unveiled right now on uh, MLB Network, and uh, you know the Cardinals are supposed to open on July 24th at home uh, against the Pirates, a rare home opener uh, for the Cardinals, who always prefer to open up uh, on the road. I don't uh, know if they prefer it, but they sure were getting it. They do. That's that's <laughs> for sure. And uh, Scott, you were saying off the air about the the Cubs and the White Sox playing each other. Yeah. At least one of their series is going to be at the maybe the only one they play against each other will be the last series okay. of the year. That's what I saw. Also saw the Cardinals got hosed. <laughs> uh, they're going to play ten games each against the Cubs and the Brewers. Seven of the ten will be in Chicago against the Cubs, and seven of the ten will be in Milwaukee. They got the hosed because they're not going to face the Braves in the regular season and Mike Fultonevich like they did the last time. So they they can't just take wow. batting they can't take batting practice really? off the Braves like they did last October. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too bad. Oh oh hi Bob, how are you? Yeah, Bob's still with us. <laughs> kick me kick me when I'm down. Freddie Freeman is hurt or sick. He's sick. So I'm, yeah. I'm I, he's sick. So I'm I'm hurting with Freddie. So if you don't think COVID nineteen is serious. Nowadays, okay. yeah, exactly. Seriously, I mean, the the, the, the Freeman the Freeman news was alarming because I think you know reports out of Atlanta were that he was tested on Tuesday and, and felt fine, and then a couple right. days later started feeling bad, and then got tested, and you know he had fever, chills, body aches, everything else that's that's come along with it. So uh, let's hope for a speedy recovery for for him and uh, obviously everyone else that's uh, you know been infected, and, and we've seen you know reports every day just come out on athletes who are, are testing positive for the virus and uh, i'll be curious to see once the nba gets going too in a couple of weeks how that all unfolds as well once they're down uh you know in the bubble in orlando so scott have you looked do the cardinals have somebody seven out of ten in st louis then and oh yeah well you'd hope so i mean I'd you would take think. a quick look here well they've got uh looks like six out of ten at home against the pirates so we got that going for him and um, yeah, that that might be it. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Not Scott's a, trying to do this on the fly for yeah, all the listeners. Yeah, that's my fault for <laughs> not throwing a, him the pass. Not a great, not a great schedule. Uh, seven out of ten at home against the Reds. So uh, I mean, who might be better? Yeah, I'm they'll be better. Silver lining here. But, <laughs> uh, I still have my doubts, guys, uh, on this happening in the first place. We saw over the weekend with the the. the Toughness they've had at several sites with the with the testing and the results coming back and well I think the the Cardinals today I don't think they did they not postpone not practice yeah. and then the the Nationals and Astros also uh, closed their facilities and it's because of the the lack of uh, efficient results in in terms of the testing process they don't know they they've had players that were tested last week and they still don't know the results of those yet so just an abundance of caution which is you know a huge keyword these days they. Decided not to, to do it. And, again, this is going to be very interesting, too, because they've had these players in the respective cities, you know, for the last week or so. But what's it going to be like once they start getting on planes or buses and start traveling to different parts of the country and how that's going to affect uh, everything outside of 
Major League Baseball putting all teams in one central location, like the NBA is doing down in Orlando. They're doing it differently, but they're doing it, I think, the best way they possibly can by making it all regionalized and, and cutting down on the travel aspect as much as they can. I think that helps, but I don't know that – I may be wrong on this, but I don't know that wherever the, the a team stays when they go to Chicago mm-hmm. – or any city for that matter. I don't know if that hotel is shut down to all other business. Yeah, I don't know. And that hotel is a baseball hotel only for three months or four months. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, predicament and, and situation. And then you think back to the spring when that plan was first floated about of Major League Baseball possibly just sending everyone to Arizona and, and kind of be in a bubble situation maybe that was the scenario they should have gone with. I don't know if it would be Arizona, maybe Florida, but again, those two states right now obviously are, are hot spots in, in the country as the cases have surged here in the last week or so. And again, let's all hope that they are able to go down or, or diminish those, those number of positive tests, but that's just a, it, it's a reality. At some point, pro sports leagues are going to have to make the decision, okay, what's, What's the limit as far as the number of athletes who are infected? Do we just start the season and then cancel it, or or what do we do? And that's for you know Rob Manfred to answer and Adam Silver to figure out, and then Roger Goodell with with the NFL as well. And who knows what it's going to be like for college sports? You've got some big name players in baseball that still aren't sure if they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout being one. Yeah, and uh, you know his his wife is is pregnant, so that's a. Uh, understandable dilemma that that he is uh facing and every day you hear of players that are wanting to opt out of the season last week you know ryan zimmerman of the nationals david price with the dodgers i know uh today nick marcakis with the braves said he's not gonna not gonna play this season and and that's absolutely they're right you can't get mad at them for you know wanting to protect their their own personal health in a scary scary situation that no one's ever gone through before. well they're in a group of people that can afford to do that That's not true. everybody can very true and a lot of young people trying to make it uh, in the big leagues they, they didn't make 30 million dollars last year and can afford not to be paid this year yeah and, and just on the local connection it, it's curious to see what joey gerber does mm-hmm. uh, the former line closer who was part of the 60-man player pool that the the Mariners have uh, right now you wouldn't think he'd make the the Mariners roster at this point given he hasn't risen he hasn't pitched above class double uh, a in his early professional career but what's that situation going to be like and then you feel for you know local products like Joe Iles and Tanner Gordon and Jeff Lindgren and Alec Barger Champagne Central graduates and Lindgren a centennial graduate who started their professional careers last year after getting drafted and they don't have a season to play right now because the minor league season got canceled and how that's going to affect their future growth and development and, and potential rise up, up those organizations. There's just a lot of players in limbo right now. Illinois football news. Uh, they got a 2021 commit from a three-star cornerback out of the uh, state of Florida in Tampa. His name is D.D. Snyder. That uh, makes 11 in that 2021 class. What else is new football-wise, Bob? Well, they're still still ranked 60th in rivals. I checked rivals just now before we came on, and that's still not good enough. And we can can keep talking about this. I think they're trying to get, get pieces for down the road, but I think the bigger thing right now is I think focusing on the season. I make sure they have everybody here they they can have here. But there's so many questions about what's going to happen in the next month or so that I think looking at 2021 is probably 
not all that important. But again, you like to see their numbers go up. You like to see their ratings go up. Um, I, I, get, I I just want to see how the coaches. We I I talked to uh, Blake Hazer the other day, uh, and stories running overall. He talks pretty openly about what they've all been through. How he actually went to his girlfriend's house, which is kind of cool, for for basically most of the summer. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun. She lives on a the farm. They went out there, and he 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 punted there and hung out with the family. I thought that was pretty cool. I think all the guys are kind of open to whatever they have to do to get back this this year. He's certainly one of those guys. Five fifty-two is the time. We need to take a time out. We'll do that and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS right after this. We have about four minutes left on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Matt Davis, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmus, and yours truly, Steve Kelly. Earlier in the program, you missed it. Malcolm Hill spent about 15 minutes with you, or with us. If you'd like to hear more about that, check it out. The show will be podcast here just a few minutes after we get done at 6 o'clock. You know, last week, uh, some Illinois football players, Matt, uh, decided to speak out a little bit on social media. Milo Eifler, for one, and uh, Bebe. Yeah. Josh Amato Bebe, another. Yeah, we, we've talked uh, before about Milo Eifler and uh, you know the comments he made uh, last week, which are all valid. Uh, about his concerns in, in regards to playing a college football season amid a pandemic. And then late Friday night, uh, Josh Matatorbebe, the, the standout receiver for the Illini, kind of voiced his uh, concerns uh, via social media on Twitter about how there, he feels there needs to be an NCAA Players Association to to hear and support uh, the players in regards to decisions that, that affect their uh, careers in college and uh, gained a lot of traction on, on social media and we'll see where it goes from here. I know they've players have tried that in the past. Most recently King Coulter and Northwestern tried to form a union five years ago or so. And, and those efforts did not come to fruition and we'll see what happens in regards to this moving forward at all. Bob, your thoughts on uh, those two guys speaking up a little bit last week. Well, if you listen to them, they had a lot of really good points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Milo talked to for an hour made a lot of great points and things were con- concerning to him. Yeah, I know, you know, he's in California, not, you know, hearing different things about what's going on. And I think he's just looking for answers. So I think people jumped on him some. I think that was unfortunate because I think all of us here need to think about what's best for ourselves and for our families. So I think it was just doing that. And with Josh, had similar type things. And I think the union idea may not work like exactly like he wants, but I think that's something probably should be kicked around because there needs to be some more advocates for the players. I, I, I believe, strongly, strongly believe in that. That may be true, but I'm not sure how high up on the uh, priority list that might be right now, at least for the next few months. Anyway. Right now, good point. Good point. Scott, anything new basketball recruiting-wise? Real quick, we've got about 50 seconds left. Yeah, Illinois offered uh, an interesting prospect on Sunday, a Michael Trigg. He's from the Tampa area, um, and he's already been recruited for a year by Lovey Smith. He's a two-sport athlete, and about the last three weeks show has gotten several offers from a lot of pretty you know, top teams to play both sports, and Illinois is now in that group, which includes LSU, Kentucky, Alabama, Memphis, Auburn, uh, South Carolina, and uh, I think that might be it. And that's about it for the show. We're out of time. 
Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. We'll be back here next Monday on Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. For the guys, I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.